Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Vineyard Church, Woodstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Riverside. And welcome to everyone once again to our online service. We were counting up and this is our eighth recording, which seems mad, doesn't it, that we've been on lockdown for this long. But we hope you're all well. We really miss you all. And we just want you to be able to feel like family still in the midst of all of this. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you are very welcome. And we do love each and every one of you. Now, last week we heard from a few of our senior leadership team and we promised you that this week there would be more. So here are some encouraging words from them. Hello, everybody. I'm Alan and this is my wife, Alison, and we're part of the senior leadership team at Riverside. We are both very well and staying at home for 12 weeks as I'm being shielded due to severe asthma. We want to take this opportunity of thanking everyone who has been helping us to get groceries and medication and the like during this difficult time. We're really missing you all and particularly getting together to worship. I've been praying that God would give me something to share with you. And it's from Proverbs chapter three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. These words have really helped me through difficult situations and we pray that the Lord will protect you all through this pandemic. Hi there, this is Jackie and Sean. I hope you're all doing really well in the lockdown. Um, I'll just pass over to Sean. Yeah, we're really missing you. And we're just really looking forward to that day when we can all come back together at Riverside. Um, I think it's, although it's a hard time at the moment, I think we're really fortunate that we've got all these opportunities using technology to connect with each other and just encourage us all to to do that. And I think we just need to take this time just to honour and thank Simon and Keely and Jake and Emma and Mark and Rachel for the phenomenal job they're doing in their broadcasts on a Sunday to each and every one of us. So thank you to them and thank you to Jackie King and to Martin and to Kim for what they're doing at the Pantry Project. Take care and hope to see you all soon. Bye. Stay safe. Bye. Hi everyone. Hello. Matt and Kath here. Uh, we would just like to say how much we are missing seeing everyone at Riverside, um, but we're enjoying spending some time together as a family. And we just love to encourage you all to enjoy spending time with your families too. Also, uh, a huge shout out to all those key workers that are still pressing on regardless. Thank you. Uh, We're loving the Sunday morning services that Riverside are providing and uh, gives us a bit of routine. It reminds us that we're, uh, as a church family, we can be together even when we're apart. And uh, also so proud of what Riverside is able to do for our community. Um, through the Pantry Project in particular. And um, I want to say a uh, really uh, huge well done to all those that are involved and also to those that are able to support this awesome project at this time. See you soon. Bye. Hello, everybody. When something you take for granted is taken away from you, you really learn to appreciate it more. And that's how we feel about Riverside. 
we really miss everything about Riverside Church, but especially coming together on Sunday mornings. We're just so grateful that we can be part of a Christian community that's able to share God's love in such practical ways. And we're really glad that we can stay connected with everybody during these unusual times. So I hope you stay well. Sending love to you all. Bye. Hi there. Christina Gavin here. Like many of you, we're missing meeting together on a Sunday at Riverside. However, we're very thankful that we can continue to connect virtually each week and grateful to all those involved in bringing us these services. The pace and pattern of our lives has changed hugely in the last several weeks and we just like to encourage you to explore what God has in store for us during this time of change. Wait on him, listen for his voice and press into the plans that he has for all of us in this next season. We appreciate these are challenging times, but no one needs to face these challenges alone. If you are struggling, we'd encourage you to reach out to your small group or contact the church. Support and help is available. So that's it from us, and we look forward to seeing you soon. With love and blessings. Keep safe. Thank you to all of you for contributing. I'm sure the church family really enjoyed hearing and seeing your lovely faces. We're going to spend some time singing to God. If this is new to you, then the words will be on the screen. Um, so sing along or just let the words and the music wash over you. So let's just still our hearts and prepare ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here with us this morning. No matter where we are, Lord, we're not physically together, but you join us through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to worship you this morning and tell you how wonderful you are, that we trust you and love you. Lord, we cast our fears upon you. Lord, you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Thank you for everything that you've done for us, God. Thank you for your love and protection. And we ask you to come this morning into our hearts and our homes and fill us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're now going to take communion together. Jesus took the simple elements of bread and wine uh, in a meal with shared with his disciples on the night he was betrayed. And he took these elements and he said, have a meal of remembrance. Remember the work I did for you on the cross. Remember my love for you. I'm going to read from uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 11, where Paul uh, writes an account uh, of this, of what happened. He says this, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So if you want to take whatever you've got, we're going to break the bread together. And remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. Lord, bless this to our bodies. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
and we take the cup and we remember the blood of Jesus. Be blessed. So hopefully as we share communion together, you feel connected with us, uh, we with you. Uh, this this uh, simple meal is shared all over the world and connects the, the worldwide church, connects believers everywhere in celebrating and remembering the love of Christ for us. And if you're watching this, you've not made the choice to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you want to open the door of your heart today to him. This meal represents his body and his blood broken and poured out for you. The ultimate sacrifice of Jesus' love for you, to bring you back into relationship with the Father. Uh, so we just pray today that as we share communion, the Holy Spirit will come and touch you, be wherever you are, and uh, we just remember all that Jesus has done, all his love for us today. And we'll back with you in a few moments uh, with the sermon. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed sharing communion with us and uh, felt connected uh, to us by uh, sharing that together. Today will be the last in our Teach Us to Pray series. Uh, as always, if you missed any of these talks, you can catch up on our website or through podcast. Thanks to everyone who's fed back to us about how much they found this series uh, encouraging. Uh, we've been really encouraged ourselves by that. When we planned this series way back, end of last year, beginning of this year, we had no um, concept of, of where this series would intersect in terms of, uh, in terms of this current pandemic. So, God's good, and I'm, I'm trusting that what we put together uh, has encouraged you in the place of prayer, has deepened your walk with God, and uh, deepened that sense of connection and communion with him. Today is the last talk, as I said before, and today we're going to look at being united in prayer, and why unity in prayer is such an important expression um, of what God's kingdom represents. Jesus said this in Luke's Gospel. He said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God, because that is why I was sent. And that's in Luke 4. And the good news of the kingdom was that Jesus was bringing God's rule and reign upon the earth. The Father, as we said last week, is reconciling all things to himself, restoring all things to himself. And that word reconcile means to merge and to bring back together, to make whole. And Jesus went around in his ministry, uh, bringing people back into relationship with God, restoring their souls healing their broken bodies, and declaring the love of God. God was near, God was uh, forgiving, and God was wanting to come back into relationship with him. And it was like Jesus was somehow going, gathering uh, the broken pieces of a mirror that had become fragmented, and he was sort of melding that back together uh, to reflect uh, the character of God. And our rebellion against God, which the Bible calls sin, which means to miss the, miss the best, miss the mark, well, that sin produces fragmentation in our lives and it breaks us up into pieces and it isolates us from God and it isolates us from each other. And we develop a hostility uh, towards God, uh, whether we're conscious of that or unconscious of that. And that hostility can spill out into our relationships as well. And last week we looked at the Apostle Paul talking about this ministry of reconciliation. He said in 2 Corinthians, he said, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. 
So God is in the uniting business. He's uniting what was divided. He's mending what was broken. He's taking that which is fragmented and he's bringing it back to unity. And that's why unity in the place of prayer is such a powerful expression of God's heart and God's kingdom. Jesus said this in, in Matthew's gospel. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And this prayer of Jesus is so much more than God just wanting people to get along and not fall out. When two people come into harmony in prayer, they reflect the very essence of God's ministry and God's heart. They reflect the, the coming kingdom, which is uniting and reconciling all things. And that's why being united in prayer is such a powerful thing. And the inference by Jesus there in, in Matthew's gospel is that when we unite in prayer on the earth, where two or more come to prayer and agree, we reflect what's happening in the heavenly, in the spiritual dimension. We reflect the heart of the Father to unite all things. We reflect the coming kingdom, which is bringing all things back into alignment and bringing all things back together. James, Jesus' brother, he wrote a powerful uh, a letter. And in there, he describes the opposite of alignment. He describes what happens when we are fragmented. He said, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And James in this short paragraph is just unpacking all the things that happen to the human condition when that fragmentation is present. Fights and quarrels between people because people are trying to get their own needs met without being connected to God who can supply all their needs. There's fragmentation not only with people but within our own souls itself. James says your desires that battle within you and so there's a schism within us because we're disconnected from God and not united with him and so we have these warring desires within our very own souls and then he describes a separation between people and God you don't have because you don't ask God. People who are isolated from God don't see God as the source. They don't see God as someone who can provide for their needs. And so they don't, they don't go to God. They look for other places to get their needs met. And finally, he describes a misalignment between their hearts and God's heart. He says, and when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with a wrong motive. So desires and hopes and dreams not connected with the heart of God result in things that just don't happen, result in unanswered prayers. But when Jesus said, if you stand in agreement in prayer, if you unite in prayer, then when you pray, your prayers are powerful and effective. They'll result in something happening in the heavenly places. And he said, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them, because that's an expression again of the unity in the heart of the Father. And so when people who follow Jesus, who are reconciled to God, come together in prayer, come together in God's presence, they act like a window into what's actually happening 
in the heavenly realm. They give a little insight into what it looks like when things are reconciled, as God promises to do. They give us a, it gives us a little uh, taste of what the coming kingdom will look like. And one of the most powerful expressions of being united in prayer is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. It's recorded they watched him pray and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And so uh, he, he, he cites a prayer which is recorded in Luke and Matthew's gospel. And let's look at that prayer in Matthew 6. And this is the words of Jesus. He said this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And as we look at that prayer, we can see it's divided into into two sections and each of those two sections has three parts within it. And the first section in this prayer is addressed to our Father in heaven. And straight away, Jesus wants us to to recognise that we're connecting with the Father. Jesus referred to the Father over and over again. And so the first section of this prayer are all these statements addressed to the Father. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the second section of this prayer has three requests linked to the the community of believers that God uh, is reconciling to himself. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation. And we can see as we unpack this simple prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, it's structured around Jesus' highest values of the kingdom. When Jesus was asked what, what are the most important commandments, he said two simple statements he said love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and the second one he said was love your neighbor as yourself and you can find those in matthew matthew's gospels chapter 22 and it's as though jesus when asked how we should pray he took those two highest values about loving god and loving people and he condensed them into the very essence of this prayer and this prayer is also the essence of the kingdom movement that Jesus was inaugurating in his ministry. Jesus, I think, also believes that this prayer has reminders in it that we need to come to daily. He said, this is then how you should pray. And I think Jesus had every intention that we should take this prayer and use it as an almost daily reminder of who God is and what God is doing. And the first section of the prayer focuses on Jesus Jesus' first command, love the Lord your God with all that you have. And it begins by reminding us of that connection to the Father. Throughout Jesus' teaching, we can see that Jesus referred to God as the Father. And Jesus came to earth to reveal God as Father to you and to me. And so when I pray, our Father in heaven, I'm reminding myself that God has now become my heavenly father, just as he was Jesus's father. And the second section of this prayer reminds us of the new community that God is forming as he reconciles all things to himself. So we love our neighbour as ourselves. We recognise we're connected together. We don't live 
in isolation or independence. We're connected to God and we're connected to each other. And this is where Jesus uses these powerful us statements throughout the section of this prayer. He doesn't say me or I, he says us. And this us statement is, is the language of connection and community and unity, not the language of isolation or rebellion. So let's take some time to look at these different us statements uh, in this prayer. So give us today our daily bread. And this part of the prayer reminds us that God is our ultimate sustainer. He's the one who provides. Everything comes from the hands of God the Father. And as we make this statement in this prayer, we're reaffirming the truth. We're declaring that we look to God for all things. And the word bread here, it's, it's not just representative of bread, as you would have on to a toast or a sandwich. It's, um, it's representative of, of all sustenance that comes from God. It's symbolic for everything that we need in life. And this part of the prayer links with that broader teaching of Jesus that God knows what we need. He knows all our needs. He knows us intimately. And he longs to provide for our needs that we could live uh, full lives, we live lives that have all that we need in them. And he promises to provide for us. And when we pray this prayer, we're saying, God, you know my needs better than I know them. You know every area of my life. You know me intimately. We've looked at that throughout this series, that God loves that authenticity and vulnerability. And when we say, Lord, give us today our daily bread, it's a, it's a simple request based upon the knowledge that God knows what we need to live contented lives. And it simply means, God, give me enough for today. Give me what I need. I'm not asking for riches. I'm not asking for poverty. I'm trusting that you know what I need to live a contented life. Give me enough, Lord. Give me enough to live the life that you want me to live. And by using, again, the, the us statement, the give us rather than give me, the Lord can daily deliver us from that sort of self that introspective sort of focus inward on ourselves, not just thinking about our needs, but thinking about the needs of the community of believers spread over the face of the whole earth. And it's so important because when we pray this prayer, there'll be times when you pray and you look around and think, I've got everything I need. I have got plenty. I, I'm, I'm content with my needs are all being met. And there'll be times when you pray this prayer and you, you won't see that where your needs are being met. You will, you'll be thinking, where's the next thing going to come from? I'm, I'm in need. Your daily bread won't be apparent in that situation. And so sometimes we pray this prayer and we're in plenty, but other members of the church across the, across the earth are not. And there'll be times when people are praying this prayer on our behalf and to, to bring the, the need that God wants to bring into our lives. And it's a beautiful statement that delivers us from just looking inwards onto ourselves. And so when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we're praying simultaneously with the whole community of believers that's been reconciled to God. So whether you're in plenty or in poverty, whether you're in freedom or whether you're in persecution, when you pray this prayer, you stand together with Jesus's family. And it's a powerful thing to do because it's a, it's a prayer of compassion. It's a prayer that looks outwards rather than inwards. We're united in that place through this prayer. Give us today our daily bread. 
The second us statement is linked to what we talked about already in this series. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about being merciful in the place of prayer, about releasing compassion and forgiveness and unmerited love. And just to reaffirm that, what we're saying in this statement, we're saying, Lord, we just forgive us what we owe you and we forgive those who owe us. It's a very simple statement. and It's a money term that's used here. God, we're indebted to you for all that you've done for us. And we know you've let us off so much of that debt. And in the same way, we want to let others off that debt as you've as you've freed and delivered us. So God lets us off this debt that we cannot pay. The Bible calls it sin, the rebellion uh, and isolation and turning away from God. God. God forgets that in Christ and welcomes us back. And as, as he welcomes us back, we're called to release others the debt that we think they might owe us. So we, as God forgives us, we forgive others. And I think by putting this into the heart of this prayer, Jesus assumes that we will need to almost ask daily for God's forgiveness to be to, to come back into restoration with Him. And I don't think this is a this is a sense of us being being separated fully from God. It's just a case of getting our hearts back right with God on a daily basis. We may have done things consciously or unconsciously that uh, that, that don't bring pleasure to God's heart, that don't align ourselves with with who He is, and we're just saying, God, just forgive me. I'm sorry that I turned away in that moment from you. And in the same way that I'm looking forward to receiving your forgiveness, Father, then I'm going to forgive anybody who's who's hurt me, again, consciously or unconsciously, deliberately or accidentally. I'm going to release them. Uh, just as you welcome me back, I'm going to keep my heart soft towards others. And this is in this daily prayer, this, this keeping short accounts with God and with other people. And as we receive God's forgiveness on one hand, we release forgiveness with the other. We become a channel for the grace of God flowing through our lives. And that's, uh, again, part of this, part of this us statement that's, that's present uh, in this prayer, recognising that we have to live connected with other people. We have to live connected to God. We don't live in isolation. We're not islands. And if we live connected to other people and around other people, sooner or later something will happen that will hurt us. And it's so important that we, we keep our hearts soft and keep releasing forgiveness because that's the, that's the heart of the Father who is reconciling and bringing together all things. And so we, we release that grace and we say, I'm not going to be judge and jury over that person. I'm going to entrust that person to God. And I think the reason, again, this us statement's there because we need to practice every day together, keeping our hearts soft towards God and towards each other. The truth is not one of us will ever escape being hurt in this life and not one of us will ever escape hurting someone. That's just the way it is when we live in relationship and proximity to people. And so by having this us statement in this daily prayer, we're just keeping that connection between us and God right and between other people also right. So forgiveness is something we need to practice together. And the third statement, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And literally this means don't provoke us to evil by adversity. Don't allow too much testing to come into my life that I will tip into evil. And it's important to recognise that the Bible tells that God doesn't tempt, but he does test. 
And that testing in our lives, it, it matures our faith. You can read all about this in the book of James. It produces a, a perseverance and a maturity and a development in the character of our faith. So testing does mature us. It does grow us in God. But Jesus says we're not to go through testing alone. Again, this part of the prayer is an us statement. It's that recognizing that as we tested, as, 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 as we tested in this world, we go through testing together with God and with each other. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so as we face difficulties, as we face testing, then we do that together with God and together with each, each other. And Jesus says, pray to be protected from the worst ravages of darkness. Pray to be protected um, from the evil one, to be delivered from any attempt of the enemy in our lives to bring isolation and destruction and deception. Jesus teaches us that the, the evil one here, evil is personified. Just as we have a personified saviour in Jesus, we have a personified representation of evil. Uh, the Bible calls that person Satan, the accuser. And Jesus reminds us the evil one um, will try and, and affect our lives, will try and disrupt our lives. But also he says, ultimately, Jesus is a deliverer. He's the one who can deliver us from evil. We can resist the devil. We can resist his schemes. Jesus will deliver us. And again, sometimes when we pray this prayer, it feels like evil is far from us. We don't have any sense of, of that taking place in our lives. But somewhere on the earth, someone might be experiencing real evil in their situation, in their circumstance. And so when we pray, we pray, deliver us from evil. Then we're again praying for the whole church family. We're, we're, we're looking outward to the wider family. We're being united in prayer. And there's people right now in different places on the earth facing intense persecution, feeling like evil is personified in their life, in the circumstances they're suffering. And so when we pray, deliver us from evil, we're standing in the gap for them. We're standing on their behalf and we're praying for God's deliverance. N.T. Wright says this about the Lord's Prayer. He says, this is a prayer that grows out of the mission of Jesus himself. It has been ideally suited both as it stands and as a framework for wider praying for his followers ever since. And Jesus gives us a prayer that will never be superseded. He gives us a prayer that he knew we would need. He gives us a prayer that expresses God's heart, uh, God's coming kingdom, and, and, and the fact that God is bringing all believers together, uniting them and reconciling them. And so when we unite in prayer, we are a powerful testimony to what God is doing and who God is. We reflect that reconciliation that God is doing across the whole face of the earth. The psalmist echoes this when he writes in Psalm 133, God's people live, when God's people live together in unity, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. And so as we unite in prayer, then it's a powerful testimony to the heart of God, that God's kingdom and God's mission is advancing on the face of the earth. And even though we're currently separated um, by isolation and by geography, Paul tells us that even though we can't be physically be present with each other, we can be present in spirit. And we can use the Lord's Prayer as a simple reminder that
that we're part of this huge family of God that's increasing and growing day by day as God is bringing all things back to himself. As we come aside to pray and we use these powerful us statements that are present in the Lord's Prayer, it lifts us from ourselves and connects us with the heart of God and with the heart of every other believer on the planet. And I couldn't think of any better way to finish this series and to finish this topic by, by using a video that many of you may have already seen. Over, I think around 65 churches have come together across the UK to record a song. And it's called The UK Blessing. And the church is united in this song, in, the, in this act of worship, uh, to show that God is active and God's heart is for us. And even though the church can't meet together physically, it's still very much connected by, by heart and by spirit. So I think of no better way to end this series. So crank the volume up and uh, watch this incredible video from churches all across the UK. Wasn't that amazing? Our buildings may be closed, but the church is alive. And we are a united church. We're united in mission and we're united in love for our communities. So thank you for journeying uh, with Riverside during this Teach Us to Pray series. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's encouraged you. Next week, we start a new series. It's called EG, Following Jesus, Jesus in Philippians. And why called EG? Well, EG means for example. And the book of Philippians is all about how we look to Jesus as an example of how to live. And so we're going to spend a number of weeks looking at Paul's letter to that church and uh, looking at how we can look at Jesus' example as a way to do life together. As always, you can connect with us through our Facebook page and through our website and catch up with any of our talks you've missed. They're all on there. And um, this event is going to stay live for the next 15 minutes. So as always, stick around and have a chat in the comments column. We just love to have, sort of hang out there and connect with each other in that way. Uh, God bless you all. We love you. Uh, we're praying for you. And we're hoping that as the church emerges from this, um, this season, it will be a church that burns even more brightly and reflects even more the heart of God. So thank you for all that you're doing individually. And just maybe use that prayer this week, the simple prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and those us statements to remind you that you're connected with us and you're connected with the worldwide church. God bless you and see you soon. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or find out about Riverside Vineyard Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.